This message is called, What Side of the Door Are You Standing On? Now, we talked a little bit about this in Genesis with Noah's Ark and the door and all this. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about that um, through this message. And it's, it's a heavy-duty message, and I was concerned about it. And I said, okay, Lord, whatever you have me do, I'll do. It's, let him speak. So the Holy Spirit told me that. What, it's time for us to decide... What side of the door are we going to want to stand on? Now, we have a journey that we go through, and we have life. In the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about being faithful, standing and trusting God in all things. And this is on the same theme. And I want to start out by reading Matthew 13, 24 through 30. I love the scripture because you don't have to explain it much. I mean, we can, but hey, I really love it because it says it like it is. It says, Another parable putting forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while he slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also, which aren't so good, right? So the servants of the householder came and said to him, Sir, do you not know that you sowed good seed in the field? From where then are these tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Will you then go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you might gather up the tares with the wheat as well. Let them both grow together until the harvest. And then I will send the reapers and they shall gather the tares and the wheats and separate them. Here's what I wanted to talk to you about. We, like Butch was saying, we just got to love one another. Let God sort it out in the end. Yes. We don't know who the wheat and the tares are. To tell you the truth, are we a bunch of hams? I mean, talk about it. We have a lot of stuff in us too. Maybe they're looking at you going, I don't think they're going to make it to heaven. We don't know. Only God knows who the wheats and the tares are. So let's... You know what, if we just loved one another, we wouldn't have the mess we have today in the world. That's just the bottom line, you know. There's a, Janet shared with me something this week, and it says, um, if the answer is love, what's the question? Every question answers with love. If we would just believe that and do it, our lives would be changed. We are to simply love and forgive. We talked about that as well. So along this way, it's our journey to discovering Jesus, to discovering where are you standing in the Lord? Are you standing outside the door knocking? Or are you standing on inside where the place of rest is? John 14, 6 says, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. The only door is Jesus. There's no other way to get to the Father. Now, you can go and do a lot of things in life. You can live and be all kinds of things. But if you want eternal life, you better go through the right door. So we have to ask ourselves, what side of the door are you going towards? What door are you going towards? And I'm going to read um, Matthew 7, 13 through 14. One of my favorite passages, it says, Enter you at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there be many which go, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads to life, and few there be that find it. Do you want to be the few? 
because that's who's going to find it. The Bible says that many are called, but few chosen. You know who the few are? You know who you are. It's your choice to be the few. Our few comes from our obedience to the commandments of God and to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, this straight gate is like, they always say pathway. It's a gate. It's a doorway. It's a doorway that you go through. You know, I remembered um, in ministry, I would talk to people about this gate. And there's so many people with all this baggage. You know, they got a suitcase. They've got five suitcases and a, a, one that they're dragging. And they're trying to get through this gate when there's only enough room for them. But they're trying to pull all their stuff through it. What's that stuff? The stuff God wants you to get rid of in life. The stuff that you're carrying around. The stuff that's burdening you down. If you let it go, you'll be able to walk through the gate. But a lot of people don't want to let it go. They want to stay in this area that's large. They want to stay in this area of self. You have to let go of some self to get through that little narrow gate. It's straight. It's narrow. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about where are you standing. Luke 13, 23 through 24 says, Then said one to him, Lord, are there few that shall be saved? And he said to them, Strive to enter into the straight gate, for many will seek to enter in it and shall not be able to. Wow, I'm thinking, okay, they're wanting to, but why won't they be able to? Because they're holding on to all this stuff and they can't get through the gate. They want to stay with the comforts, the money, the people, the approval, the position, the whatever the is, instead of walking through completely naked and exposed, just like we talked about in Genesis this morning. And then the Lord can cover you. See, we're trying to cover ourselves. We're putting on self-preservation. We're protecting ourselves. We're making sure this is in place. We're having all these things. He says, no, those, that's the place that leads to destruction. And many find it. There's a lot of people hanging out with you. Misery loves company. But an eagle flies alone. The Bible says to seek and you shall find. You need to knock on that door. There's going to be a day when he's going to shut that door, though. You do know that, don't you? There's going to be a day when that door will be shut. Because it says in here, Matthew 7, 20 through 23. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. What's the will of the Father? To love, love, love. All you need is love. If you are willing, you've already made it through the door. Because we're all sinful. We've got a lot of ham in us. Okay? We're all sinful. But when we are willing, when we have accepted Christ, when we put our trust in him, when we want to do our best, then you're on the right side of the door. But if you're an unbeliever, oh, whatever, and then you just go the other way, do your own thing, you might have to rethink again. Now, the cool part about God is this. He gives us years and time to find him. Do you know why a lot of the evil, wicked, murderous people live a long time? Because God's giving them time. He wants no man to be lost. So he gives them more time than most. And they go, man, that person got in an accident. The drunk person didn't even get hurt, but that other person got killed. Because God wants to save the drunk person. He gives them time. So it says, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter. So 
A lot of people are afraid of that scripture. Well, I don't want God to say that to me. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm doing whatever he wanted me to do. No, it talks about his, their works. You're, they're working at using the Lord. They're casting out devils. These wonderful works that I'm doing. Look at me, look at me. All my works. No, he says, it's by love and grace that you enter into the door of my kingdom. So a person who is known to God is because God is known to him. They have a relationship. So we have to have a relationship with the Lord. And then we're on the right side of the door. Noah walked with God. Said it many times in Genesis. He did what God told him without question. How many of us question God every time? We turn around every time. He, you know what I mean. He tells you to do something, maybe something in the scripture, and you go, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. That's just too hard. Um, we just need to say, okay, Lord, I trust you and I believe you. So the other day, I was thinking about something. You know, you can't control what other people think about you. Do you know that? <laughs> do you know that you cannot control what other people think about you? What I can control is what I'm thinking you're thinking. Isn't that a nightmare? Trying to figure out what other people are thinking about you. So I finally had to say, Lord, you know, I'm going to trust you with my thoughts. And I repent and I release every thought that, is, that I'm thinking is against me. And I release it in your hands. So I'm going to believe you to take care of it. Because the Bible says that whatever bothers me bothers him. Wow, whatever bothers me bothers him. He's going to do something about it. I don't even have to say anything or do anything. I said, Lord, I'm trusting you. That was hard because I want to get in there, make a few phone calls. I want to find out what's going on. I want to make sure everybody's all right. He said, uh, you know what? You'd be spinning your wheels because by the time you, that one works out, and then you got this other one, and it says, just stop. Just like Butch said, just stop. Just stop. And let God be God. What peace there is when we're there in that position. Hebrews 2.3 says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? 1 John 4.19 says, We cannot escape this great love. We love him because he first loved us. His love is forever and eternal. It's all about his love. That's what door, that's, that's going to decide what position you're standing at the end of your life. Now, everything it keeps coming to my mind about the dash, okay? There's a lot of people that speak about that in funerals. They have the beginning of the time that the person was born, then they have the person, uh, the date that they died, and then they have a dash. That dash represents our lives. That's where we're at right now, people. You're in a dash. People think I'm fast, I'm dashing. You know, seriously, we are in a dash mode. Eventually, though, you're going to have to... Pay the piper at the end and find out. Matter of fact, I think, Greg, you said that. All roads lead to Christ. No matter where you are, no matter what you believe, no matter if you're uh, a different religion, you're going to have to face that door, aren't you? Everybody's going to face that door. What's the, what's the greatest commandment? To love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others as you love yourself. Here's the thing, though. We need to be honest with God. Okay, okay, that's a churchy answer. Okay, I got it. Yeah, I'm supposed to love everybody. But, so I had a woman come to my house one time, and I do a lot of retreats at my house. And she came out to my house and, and went down to the river because I told everybody to just disperse and have a little chat with the Lord. 
We were talking about our heart condition and so forth. She said she went down there and she began to yell at him. Where are you? You don't answer me. And she started just ranting and raving. She had to tell the truth about what her heart was towards him. Then he gave her the peace. When she came back up, she was able to share her testimony and she got free because she was honest with him. If you hold it in, God knows it, you better tell him so that you can get free. Why are you laughing, Tom? He's over here. He knows me. He knows what I go through at home. He hears me running up and down the hallway yelling and screaming, I'm pretty sure. So I have to be honest. I'm honest in my house. I mean, the roof can go off the top because I'm so honest. God wants something from you. You know he wants something from you? He wants your heart. He wants all of your heart. The Bible tells us in Philippians 4, 7, that peace that passes all understanding. I should be upset. I should be running around crazy. But I can't because there's too much peace. Have you ever gone there where you just, I should really be feeling horrible. I should really be depressed. I should really be sad. But I got this weird peace. There's something wrong with me. Yeah, there is. You're a peculiar person. You're strange. You should be upset, but you can't. Peace comes when you are fulfilling the will of God in your life. Even in difficult times, you will have joy. I have a, a listing that God has given to me of, of weapons. You know, we have the weapons of our warfare. And I have a list, and I'm not going to go over them, but I've named about 84 weapons that the Lord has given to us to defeat the enemy, to be able to uh, see what side of the door we're on. And um, if you're interested in that list, I'll definitely get it to you. But, but, a, but you know what a, a weapon is? It could be hope. That's weapon. Love is a weapon. Honesty is a weapon. It goes into all these different attributes of using our weapons for the glory of God. It's our warfare. Matter of fact, we were talking in 1 Timothy 1 um, on Wednesday night about being shipwrecked. And um, to me, shipwreck means you've gone off course. You're just stuck in your faith. You're starting to go down the wrong path. You're just, you're just stuck in your, your faith. You know what? Whenever you get to that place where you feel like you can't go any farther, there's something wrong, you just feel a, abandoned, lost, it's time to repent because nobody's moved but you. So it's time to repent. That's kind of an indicator. You start feeling a little off. Go, wait a minute. What, Lord, do I need to repent somewhere? Seriously, I think that's going to help all of us. Are you willing to serve God and not man in your decisions? Are you willing to love everyone? Are you willing to acknowledge him? The key is willing. Are you willing? That's going to change the way you do everything. Because willingness says to God, okay, this person we can work with. We can work with this person. They're willing. But an unwilling person, stiff-necked, hard-hearted, uh, hard-to-get-along-with person is going to be a difficult task to go through. Pain comes with gain. The Bible says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Philippians 1.21. So you want more? Then you're going to have to experience a little bit of pain. It's going to hurt sometimes. It's going to cost you a little bit. 
sometimes. But again, he gives you the peace that passes all understanding. You should be hurting. You should be upset. And maybe you can feel it a little bit, but it's not going to waver you. You're not going to get shipwrecked. You're going to stand on that rock. It reminds me of the, uh, the ten virgins. Okay, You had the five that were foolish and the five that weren't. And the five that weren't were prepared. They got enough oil and everything. And the five foolish just kind of were slothful. They didn't prepare. So when the door was opened for the five to come in, they went in. And then the door was shut. Here comes the other five. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Open the door. I, I want to come in too. And they go, I'm sorry. The door is shut. See, that represents to me that one day the door is going to shut on our lives. And it's not that God doesn't love us. He loves us very much, but he's given us 100 years, well, 80 to 125 years supposed to be, to figure this out and serve him and ask. I mean, even at your last dying breath, you can be saved. Even Tom was telling me one time when he was in Vietnam, people that were dying um, and being shot and all around him, they would cry out, God, at the very last breath. And they might have been living a horrible life and, you know, all that. Or, or mom. They would hear mom calling out or, or God. You know, at their very last breath, he would hear voices crying in the night. Asking God to come into their lives at that last moment. So we can't judge anybody on the earth, people. We can't. We have to love and forgive. Now, you don't have to live with them if you don't have to, you know, if you don't want to. Of course, you're, if you're married, you stay, okay? But, yeah, and you got to work it out. But I'm telling you that you don't have to hang out with all that toxicity if you desire, desire not to. Because the Bible tells us to separate ourselves from those. Well, I want to I, I bring it to the story, and I want to close with the story. I don't have a lot of time. I'm going to finish it with this story. This story is about Nathaniel. I do not know if you know who Nathaniel is. He's not even a 12 disciple. Nathaniel was part of the group of people that came along. And I'm going to read it out of John 1, 45. John 1. I just thought this was a remarkable story. John 1, 45. <laughs> Okay, now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter, and Philip finds Nathanael and says to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can there any good come out of Nazareth? All right, can anything good come out of Plymouth? Can anything good come out of Mount Ockham, River Pines, all these things? Philip says to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and says of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. Nathanael says to him, from where do you know me? Jesus said, I saw you before that Philip called you and you were under the fig tree. I saw you. Now let me back up real quickly. Nathaniel is a architect and he was working in Rome and something happened and he, he ended up roaming in the wilderness and he ended up under this fig tree and he's calling out to God I've done all this for you and where are you you don't see my face you don't know anything about me how come you're not answering me has anybody ever said the same thing to God where are you God 
So he starts wandering around and he runs into Philip and all these others and they bring him into where Jesus was. And you know that Jesus said to him, I saw you under the fig tree. He looks back and he goes, you saw me under the fig tree? He goes, I saw your face. And then Nathaniel says to him, then you really are the son of God. He was the first person that really proclaimed it without being told he was the son of God. He said it himself, you are the son of God. And then Jesus says to him, well, you said that because you, you said that I saw you under the fig tree, but blessed are those who have believed without having to see all this. That's us. We didn't see all what Jesus is doing, but we're believing and blessed are you going to be more so because of your belief. And I thought that was an interesting thing. Nathaniel was on the road to shipwreckness. He was doubting God, wondering where he was. And then finally at the end, he comes to his senses, finds Christ, finds the door, enters in, and he hangs out with them. He's one of the 144 in the upper room when the Holy Spirit came. I just thought that Nathaniel was like us. Where is God sometimes in our life? But that's where we have to decide, are we going to believe God? Are we going to trust what he does? And you know, he lets everything happen for a reason. He let Nathaniel lose that job that he was on. He caused me to lose my house in a fire. He caused Tom to lose his house in a fire separately. If it wasn't for Tom losing his life or his, um, his house in a fire in San Mateo, we wouldn't be together today because he moved up, it moved him up here. So those things that are horrible, you think, God's going to use for his glory. He's going to use for your life. I learned that I was on the right side of the door because I trusted God. Even in the middle of this fire, I remember standing out, watching it, just the windows pop out. I'm barefoot, dark. I'm holding on. I'm going like this. I got a neighbor standing next to me, and everything's on fire. And I had peace. I couldn't believe it. I should be upset. I had absolute peace. I knew God was in control. I now know I'm on the right side of the door. You're going to know too. If you have this kind of peace, then you know you're on the right side of the door. If you don't have this kind of peace, you need to have a little talk with the Lord because something's preventing you from having it. He wants your honesty. He wants your heart. He wants your truth. So in closing, you remember that Commercial with Mervyn's open, 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 open. <laughs> See, we need to ask the Lord to open our hearts up to him, to be able to be honest, to be able to have relationship back and forth with him. That's how you know you're on the right side of the door. Because you're seeking, you will find. Because you're knocking, he will answer. Do not fear that passage that says, I never knew you. As long as you are seeking and willing, you're on the right path. As long as you've received Christ into your Savior, you're on the right door. You're in the right area. You need to be where you need to be. God has put you there. And we're going to talk a little bit about God putting you in places in a little while next time. But I'm going to end up with this um, scripture. I'm just going to read it. It's in the, from the Message Bible. 2 Timothy 1, 11 and 12. It says, this is the message I've been set apart to proclaim as preacher, emissary, and teacher. It's also the cause of all this trouble I'm in. But I have no regrets. I couldn't be more sure of my ground. The one I've trusted in can take care of what he's trusted me to do right to the end. So keep at your work 
This faith and love rooted in Christ, exactly as I have said it for you, is as sound as the day you first heard it from me. Guard this precious thing placed in your custody by the Holy Spirit who works in us. When you do that, you're on the right side of the door. Matter of fact, we were talking earlier about this book. Read it. It'll tell you a little bit about the Lord. You need to know him. How you get to know him? By reading about him. We're fortunate. We got a Bible to study and read. A lot of people before us did not. So my message to you today is standing on the right side of the door with your faith. Your faith is only going to take you there. Love is going to take you there. Not your works, not what you do, not what you think. But love is the answer. Father, thank you, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus that you have placed each one here with a heart to serve you. I know that. I'm believing that. But there are levels and degrees. People are sometimes on the wayside. People aren't always completely committed. But God, you know their heart. I pray that you draw them. I pray that you break off any hardness of heart, that you break off any expectations, you break off anything that would hinder them from standing on faith, face to face with you, completely naked with all the stuff of the world that's pulled them down and be completely transparent before you. Help them to be honest in their whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, Lord, and allow them to receive your son that covered all their discretions, all their uh, sin, all their failures. Help us to know that this is such a powerful, powerful weapon is to believe in Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.